This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Lessons learned from Cornelius Vanderbilt. Now, I've talked about Cornelius the Commodore Vanderbilt previous podcast as a very, very wealthy man, one of the wealthiest men in the history of America, who left all his money to his kids. And over the last five or six decades, they have managed to fritter it away. It is a historic story. And I used it as an example of why parents should not put too much or give too much to their children. And I likened it to, you know, a mother bird helping a baby bird out of an egg. You don't do that, right, in nature, because the bird pecking through that egg, through that shell, strengthens the neck muscles so that that bird can go out and live and survive, go get, get worms, be able to fly. But if, if you come along and help that bird out of the egg, they will not have the tools or the skills or the wherewithal to be able to be successful. And too many parents are helping their children out of the egg and not teaching them to build their own neck muscles. So I had that in another podcast. But as I was reading through some writings about Vanderbilt this weekend, I came to the conclusion that there are several lessons that can be learned. So today I'm going to focus on three. The first one is money can't buy you happiness. Now, you've heard this before, all right? Uh, People say this all the time. And I talk a lot about money, not because I think that it is the cure-all to everything that will solve problems. Let me tell you, having money is a great thing. Um, Not having it can cause a lot of pain. As a matter of fact, most divorces happen because of arguments over a lack of money. So we need money. Money's important. And money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. But that said, just the constant pursuit of money or just getting money or amassing a lot of money is not the thing that's going to make anybody happy. So we know that Vanderbilt, when he died in 1887, he was the richest man in the world. He had accumulated more than $105 million over the course of his lifetime. Mostly, you know, he was a railroad man. He was the person that helped build this railroad system that we currently have. He left his oldest son, Billy, $95 million, which was more money than than the entire United States Treasury at the time. Billy was able to double the money that his dad left him. So he had about $200 million, which would uh, be about $5 billion today. So he did a good job, right? That's not where the problem started with the Vanderbilts. Billy doubled the money. And in a book, Fortune's Children, The Fall of the House of Vanderbilt, Billy, in talking about one of his neighbors, said, he isn't worth a hundredth as much as I am, but he has more of the real pleasures of life than I have. His house is as comfortable as mine, even if it didn't cost so much. His team is about as good as mine. His opera box is next to mine. His health is better than mine, and he will probably outlive me. And he can trust his friends. I just want to pause there because, you know, while I am on a particular journey financially, it is not to be the wealthiest person in the world. That's not like the thing that drives me. I don't get up every day thinking about how much money I can make. I get up every day thinking about how much of a difference I can make. And I hope that that will bear fruit, that I can make a living doing a thing that absolutely drives me passionately to my core. That said, I completely get this. I recently had a conversation with Carla Hall on my show, and we were talking about off mic. We had a little video that I put on YouTube about credit scores, and and she and her husband were having this battle about credit scores, and I thought that was cute. But we had an off mic conversation about the need to live way below our means, right, Um, to live modestly. Because, first of all, tomorrow's not promised. 
And if you work for yourself, you don't know where that next check is coming. And the worst thing in the world, again, which is why I preach financial literacy and I go so hard in the pain about Thrive Thursday and having money and being right, doing right by your money, is because security is what we really want. And once you're secure, once you, and, and for me, for me talking about this to the global majority is really about freedom. I've done previous podcasts on racism and how we deal with it. Well, the biggest way you really can deal with racism is to have your own money so that nobody can control your destiny. Nobody can control your destiny. And if you are in a position to be able to be on a job where you're being tortured and just be able to leave because you have enough money to take care of yourself, your 99-year-old self, because that's what I'm working for right now, 99-year-old Karen, then that gives you so much more joy. I can remember when I got that check from Bear Stearns for a million dollars. I still worked at the Daily News. I still came in every day. My attitude was different because I knew I could literally, they, they handed me a check that was in my personal bank account. I didn't have to work anymore, but I enjoyed my job. And, but I could come in with a different attitude. And you know what? My bosses treated me differently. They, they treated me more like an equal. They treated me with a whole lot more respect because I didn't need to be there. Now, I don't know if they knew because I don't think I told anybody that I have a million dollars, but there was something different about how I carried myself. There was a confidence, check out my confidence series, when I walked into that place every day and there was something that they knew in the air that I didn't need to be there. You wear that differently. So that's what financial security gets you. But the kind of money that Vanderbilt's had, that's excessive. I mean, not really. I wouldn't mind having it. Let me just be honest. But I would probably give more of it away than keep it. But the, the point I'm making is what Vanderbilt, Billy Vanderbilt said, his neighbor, the person that lives right there, didn't have a hundredth of his money. But yet he had the real pleasures in life. His house was comfortable. It wasn't excessive. He didn't have a whole lot of, you know, when I think about these athletes who get these crazy contracts and they go and they buy all of these cars and they buy cars for everybody and they buy homes for their mama which you're supposed to do you got to do that if you have the money to do it but then they're like they got all these hanger-ons and they got all these these people around them more money more problems when Billy Vanderbilt says my neighbor has everything and that last part of that is he has friends he can trust I can't imagine today Oprah that's why she's so tight with Gail because how do you make new friends when you are Oprah Winfrey, how do you make new friends when you are Bill Gates? How do you make new friends when you are Jeff Bezos? How do you, how do you make new friends? You, the majority of people, if you're just somebody that's super successful, how do you know who's there for you and who's there because they want your influence, who, who's there because they want your money? How do you know that people are there because they really like, respect, and want to be around you? Well, Vanderbilt's neighbor, and he envied that. In the next podcast, I'm going to talk about the other two lessons that I learned. I want to keep these short because for me, you know, it's about us digesting it. But this podcast, stop and smell the roses. Enjoy your time. Have a goal, you know, definitely work on being wealthy, but do it with a purpose of not just having money to have money, but to have money to be happy. Put happiness. It's the one thing that Carla Hall also said in that interview, that she prayed for happiness. She prayed for happiness. And what that means is you'll have everything that you need, all the money that you need, all the friends that you need. Every, every need will be sub supplied to you when you pray for happiness, not for money. Till next time, let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter, at Karen Hunter. And on Sundays, I'm going to be answering questions. So from now until Friday, Saturday, hit me up on Twitter, hashtag podcast, 
hashtag podcast at Karen Hunter, and I'll check out your questions. I'll answer a couple of them on Sunday. You can ask me anything because this is that space. You may not be able to call me on the radio show, <laughs> but you can ask me anything here, and I'll say, you know, say who you are from wherever. So in, the, in your tweet also, you know, if you're Carol from Brooklyn or John from Pittsburgh, say that. And hashtag podcast so I can search for it. And I'll check y'all out on the Twitter sphere. And also till next time, thanks for supporting me and thanks for joining me today. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.